Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. Karen, we're starting a new tradition we talked about last time. Uh, we're doing show notes. Yes. So you've got some notes in front of you that you're going to read to the audience yeah. and then we'll get started with the good stuff. Okay. So I got my poop in a group and we're going to do the show notes in a nice order for everybody. Okay. Today we're going to start with an evening with mediums. Our next event is December 15th, 2017. And then we have April 27th, August 24th, and December 14th for 2018. These are at the Hampton Inn in North Bay. They're on a Friday evening from 7 to 9. And people can visit the site by sarlo.com to buy tickets. Yes. So it's under evening with medium events or upcoming, <coughs> upcoming events. Our next one is our second podcast show, Sips of Sanity, which are 10-minute shows. And they are the first week of each month, Monday to Friday. And these ones are also on by Sarlo.com. And these ones have a theme, eh, Cal? Like we pick a theme for the beginning of each month. Mm -hmm. And um, people can follow us from Monday to Friday on a coffee break. Mm -hmm. Next one is personal sessions. Just reminding people that we have two podcast shows, but that we also do personal sessions and we also do group sessions. Okay, and we're also reminding people that fees are going up in 2018, uh, but we're doing a special kind of promotion because we don't ever discount our services. So what we're doing is in this kind of transition is if you book your personal session or group session for 2018 before January 1st, then we will make sure that you get 2017's rate. It's just something that we wanted to offer our clients because they've been so good to us. Um, so it's just an advantage that is there if you want to take it, but it's a no pressure kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Perfect. That's good. Okay. So on to today's show. Yes. Today's show is from a client um, and I, uh, a client of mine, but I know you've had the same situation. So I thought this would be a good topic and it's about children. But in spite of the fact that it's about children, it's about each of us. So every single person can still listen and get a lot out of today's show. And it started with a long distance treatment by telephone. And this client, and what do we want to call this client? I assume it's a female. Yes. Jenna. Okay. So Jenna called and has two children. And she called to ask what her children's souls wanted her to know. And it was wide open in anything they wanted her to know. Now I say wide open because she actually was willing to listen to any message. She wasn't looking for, I have one idea in my head and let's see if Karen's any good at this. Mm -hmm. And you and I both know there are two different types of clients. The ones that truly are open to hearing from a, their own soul or another person's. Mm -hmm. And the second type of client who says that, but really has one thing in mind and is just testing to see if we're any good. Mm -hmm. And so there really is not an open, an openness, uh, but she truly was in this situation. And so she gave me permission at the end of the session to use her sheet because I had doodled during her session about some of the key things her kids' spirits were wanting to say to her. And I had texted it to her afterwards. And she in turn said to me, I loved this. I think other moms and dads of all ages might like to share this with their children. And that's why I'm saying it's not because her kids are just in elementary school. Anybody can listen to this. 
because you can make it apply in your own life. It doesn't have to be with your kids. It can be about anything or anyone that you care about. Okay. Okay. So one of the first, one of the first things that, that came through was that they needed to feel safe. And it had to do with past lives where they had been born into families where there was abuse and mm -hmm. into times when there was war. Yeah. Which, you know, you're on this planet. There's always a time. There's always a war. Always. Somewhere on this planet. So they, they wanted this feeling of safety. And she said, well, what do I do about that? I don't know how to do that in this day and age with what's going on right now. And w so when we asked their soul what that meant, given what's happening currently on this planet, they said what they needed from their mother and father was trustworthiness. I just did a show on that. I know. And so she got referred to that show. Mm -hmm. But they they were talking about her telling the truth about her and, and not sugarcoating things, but making it age appropriate. Yep. And she has children of different ages. So it truly had to be age appropriate. And that when school systems were telling the truth, so say a current a current event, maybe talking about what's going on in the States or nuclear war, that they were coming home totally stressed out about it and she didn't know how to help them cope. So this feeling of safety in their home, this feeling of safety in a country of Canada mm -hmm. where we are not engaging in, I'll just say things other countries are engaging in at this moment. As much. Yes. And some people might say we have our own problems right here that could cause fears as well. And that's true. So it was about being honest and open and saying, when, when, how do I say that, Kelly? Um, when to think through and, and explain how much is accurate or how much someone is ready to hear. But in that, asking questions about feedback and getting feedback from her children. Okay. So the second part that went with that, because that's just a mess if you hear it all on, on its own, you don't really know what to do with that. She had to ask them what they needed. So she liked the fact that she could explain something and say, and what do you need? So that if they said, well, I need you to sleep with me tonight. I need you to tell me, are they coming to get me? I need you... Because at different ages, we can have a fear they're coming to get us. I, yeah, I'm, I'm like, can I just rephrase it too? Yeah. What do you need to know? Yeah. I think that's an important question. It's it, because it asks what information you need to gather in order to feel safe. Because it's not necessarily that something is expected of you or that an action needs to be taken. Sometimes it's just that we need another piece of information to bring about the feeling of safety. I think both of those are really good. I like how you said need to know. And then the other thing is being what do you need? Because it could be a hug. It could be just reassurance that I'm safe in this home or this city or this country. There's a There are a variety of things and that applies to other things in life. But these were the tools that she was beginning to create with her children so that as they went through all of life with all kinds of different situations, say they're getting a job, say they're getting married, say they're buying a house, whatever it is that they're going through, they want to quit a job, they, they, they want to go to school, they want to quit school. These were all things that 
that they could learn in a process that maybe a mom or someone else needs to ask them. But the other thing was that they need to be able to ask themselves. Mm -hmm. So she was teaching them a whole series of questions that even when she isn't around, can they ask themselves this? So if they're at school and they're being bullied, what do they need right now? Mm -hmm. Because when we're being bullied, we often feel that we have no time to think, no time to set a boundary, no time to walk away, no time to decide what we need. The bully wants to take away time so that we feel stressed and rushed and that we're not going to meet our own needs. We're only going to meet theirs. Mm -hmm. And that's a bully in any kind of relationship. Yes. Yes. That's the bully boss. That's the bully partner. That's sometimes the bully parent. The bully friend, the bully teacher, the bully doctor, the bully therapist. Like we can go on and on about how we get bullied in many different situations. So her children were asking her to break it down so that they could understand and meet their own needs. And I thought one of the beautiful things that she was there to teach them was to give them time. So that when she asked them questions, she was to slow down her own energy. And in that moment, she said to me, oh, I really like what you're doing because it's something I've wanted to do more in my life anyway, was to slow myself down. Because I feel like I'm always being rushed. I feel like I'm always rushing my kids. I feel like I'm, I'm always got this anxiety of we got to get to this to get to the next event. Mm -hmm. I've got to get to school to pick them up to get them to this class. I've got to get over here, got to get home to do this. So there was always a feeling of being rushed. And so what her children were inviting her to do was they were saying, we want mom to slow herself down. I thought that was really. Yeah, it's a good tool. It's, it's an energetic um, exchange. Oh, I love how you said that. Well, that's what, and that's what we feel when we say that someone else's energy is contagious. In a good way. And yeah. in not a good yeah. way. I think about one of my most, well, my most enthusiastic friend in Ottawa. And her enthusiasm is contagious. She creates such a sense of urgency in me, of excitement. Yes. And as soon as things get stressful, she knows exactly how to take that sense of urgency and shift it into, like you're saying, questions where it slows us down. And the excitement becomes about the solution and not about the problem itself. And the steps to get there. Yeah, and both of those energies are contagious. Oh, I like that because the next thing on my list actually was process. Mm. And you're describing it now. Yeah. You're actually saying it. So you stepped right into the next thing that they wanted from her. What they wanted was to know how to go through a process. So, th And that was part of the asking more highly intelligent questions and teaching them. Remember you said in one of the shows the question, do I have the energy for this? Oh, yes. <laughs> I ask myself that on the daily. <laughs> so she, they wanted her to be able to ask questions like, do you have the energy for this? I, I'd like to liken that question to text messages. Oh, Sometimes I look down and I'm just like, I don't have the energy for this conversation. Yeah. I, Kelly, I really like that. I, I've noticed that more and more clients want to try and text an appointment and I understand in some businesses that's exactly what people prefer they would rather be texted to make an appointment I've had that experience like with massage therapists and salons and different er, um, 
different businesses, mm -hmm. but not every practice or every professional um, wants to do business through texting. I don't even respond. They want to do, okay, they want to do it through um, emails or they want to do it through um, phone calls so that it's being filtered through one system mm -hmm. and they're not having to respond to many different ways to book an appointment because it's an expansion of their energy. Yeah, we disabled or I disabled our Facebook Messenger for our business. What, people people yeah. are not even able to send us a private message um, because we don't want to look for booked appointments or missed missed opportunities through Facebook. I and don't even use Facebook. I that's <laughs> thank you, Karen. That's part of the reason I disabled it. I so appreciate that because then people are would come back and be angry. Yeah, people have messaged you. You've left um, Skype open. So I, I'm very used to, and I don't know if it's just a millennial oh, yes. thing. I'm very used to closing all my programs and technology, yeah. including my phone. But I see constantly that you leave Facebook and, um, sorry, not Facebook, pardon me, Skype and FaceTime open, even when you're not engaged in it. And I know that you've gone back and, and discovered the area of Skype Messenger, where people have asked you for appointments and you haven't got back to them a, because you didn't know it existed. I don't. So you didn't know to look for them. Yeah. Uh, and and B, because that was never something that we established as an avenue for being communicated with. Yeah. And and how angry those people are that I didn't return a Skype message for a, an appointment. Yeah. And so my point being, do I have the energy for this? Mm -hmm. uh, it has to do with how I'm communicated or right. how people choose to communicate with me. So I've limited those or you and I have limited those in our business as well, because I don't want to search for 10 different ways to talk to someone. Every single day, many, many times a day. And all hours, because email and text messaging, I mean, technically you could argue phone calls as well, which we still get phone calls from people who don't understand time zones at 2 a.m. Yes. Um, people want to reach you 24-7. Yes. So when we ask, do I have the energy for this, that helps me understand my intentional movement because if the phone rings at 11 p.m. and I don't see Andrew's number or my partner or you, mm -hmm. I don't move the phone. Mm -hmm. I don't move to pick that up because that's a boundary that I've accepted for my own self. Well, and this leads to um, where her children wanted to filter out being stressed. Yeah. And, and that energetic hemorrhaging of having to um, well, not not know what a boundary is. So they were asking her, and that was another thing written down on the page, was they wanted to be taught how to set boundaries. Mm -hmm. Boundaries, sorry. No, go ahead. Boundaries start with questions. <coughs> exactly. There has to be an evaluation of what gives you energy and what hemorrhages your energy, and that's when you know to set the boundary or draw the line. I really, really love this show because... Even though it's all about this lady and her children, I think every single person listening to it can go, that would explain why I'm depressed. This would explain why I'm exhausted. This would explain why I have anxiety. Like there are so many things that people are suffering with right now of all ages. And with the importance to me in this is that these were children and that her children at such a young age were saying, could you please parent these things into me? Could you please give me these structures? And one of the things this woman said to me, God bless her soul for saying it, the truth of it, was she said, I don't know how. Oh, I love it. She just said, can you help me in this session? Can this session 
teach me these tools, you're identifying my children are saying they don't want to be energetically hemorrhaged, but I don't even know how to because I think I'm the one that's doing it. So her session was to meet her children's needs, but in doing so, it, this, the spirit world were giving her tools that she didn't have in her own life. Mm-hmm. And so from that, if you're really listening to this, people, h- how much can we acknowledge here how much her children love her? Yeah, I find it interesting, especially with regards to coaching, but also the channeling aspect, is that we won't make changes for ourselves But as soon as we have, and actually this came through for a woman yesterday about her dog, because she doesn't have children, when we have to be the advocate for another person, then we start to think that boundaries are worth it. Then we start to become more aware of our own selves so that we can be aware of what they need too. Because you you can't be aware of other people's needs fully unless you understand your own. Yes, and some some people don't believe that. No, because codependency would tell us otherwise. That's right. But there is such an anxiety and such a fear with having to anticipate other people's needs that if you actually truthfully knew what a need was versus a want versus a whim, then there wouldn't be that engagement of codependency. Yes. So children, which I find really fascinating, and animals... They, they demand that we have self-awareness. Yes. So that we can, if, I'm sorry, I should say, if we want to be good parents. Or a good pet owner or a good partner. Well, I still consider that parents. <laughs> a good <laughs> co-worker, a good boss, mm-hmm. a good employee, wh- whatever it is. So uh, the check-ins became important. So she asked what a check-in is. And I know we've done this in Sips of Sanity. We've talked about check-ins, but it's going to come back again in today's show a little bit. So a check-in is a series of questions to ask another person, but it is also the intent to listen. It's not just to ask questions to dominate or to get information so you can control or abuse another person. It is the intention to communicate and to connect. If we're looking to control or to hurt another person, then you have narcissistic qualities. This is something that I loved from emotional blackmail. Mm-hmm. When um, Susan Forward talked about being in someone else's reality versus being in your own. And she yeah. talks about reality one and reality two. Yes. The word collaborative. And I, I, I think I intuitively knew it, but she put a word to it, which I love. And so... What you're talking about in check-ins when you say the intention to connect, I feel like it has to go one step further because there can be understanding, but then the intention has to carry forward to collaborate with that person, to both put effort into what that solution is supposed to be if the check-in is an opportunity present to present a problem or a setback in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not just to present and say, it's all on you to figure this out. There has to be an intention on both parties to own personal responsibility for that issue. And then to say, I'm coming to the table to offer solutions and I'm going to trial and error with you as well. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's so important right now. Well, not just right now, but there's so much bullying and there's so, there's so much that is acceptable about the bullies now. Um, or they think there is, that is not what's true because so many people are, are hurt when there is a lack of, of both of those things. 
Um, so, uh, cool. so a lack of both <coughs> of what things? Collaboration and connectivity. Okay. When there is a lack of it, you're saying you don't care. You're saying your own needs are more important. And, and some people might think, well, no, isn't it just the opposite if I'm people-pleasing and I'm just trying to meet somebody else's needs? No, it means that you're not authentically doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're not authentically communicating or meeting your own needs because you don't even know where they are. You can refer back to the episode called Liar, Liar. Oh, true enough. Yes, that's good. Without us having to go into it again. Mm-hmm. Can I share what happened yesterday? Yeah. I, it's a very general experience and it's not about partners and it's not about um, work. And I know you already know it. I, I sold my massage table on Kijiji and I had put up an ad and I got two emails the same morning, um, both generally inquiring and saying, you know, I'm interested. May I, may I have this? And I had messaged them both back and said, it's still available. And so one got back to me within a minute and said, I'll take it. I'll be there at six o'clock. I'll have cash for you. So I said, okay, no problem. It's yours. And then about 10 minutes later, this woman from Sudbury called my phone and I missed the phone call. And she, she left me a voicemail saying, I would like to take it. I would like to come into town. Can you let me know when a good time is? I called her back immediately and I said, um, thank you for inquiring. I had already had someone get back to me prior to her phone call and that I had promised the table to this other person who was coming by this evening. And she got into bully mode and said, well, I'll be there this morning. You told me it was available. Mm. And I said, well, at the time that was truthful, that it was available. <coughs> it was a matter of first come, first serve, which we all know that's what Kijiji is. And she got into that complete bully mode of you told me it was available. You told me I could have it. And I that's not true. I do not tell you mm. you could have it. She put her own needs above collaborating with someone who potentially could offer her and meet her needs. Mm-hmm. Like there was just total brick wall. And I sat there and I said to her the parts that were truthful, that I had offered it when it was available and that it was no longer. And that if things fell through this afternoon or this evening, that I'd be happy to give her a call and let her know it was still available. And she was so angry that her needs weren't met in mm-hmm. that moment that she got just so pissy and hung up the phone. Mm. And I thought, wow, I am this total stranger. Mm-hmm. and was willing to offer another solution mm-hmm. and there was just no no intention to connect no intention to collaborate no questions that were not accusatory so real questions mm-hmm. no tools in how to communicate healthily well that's an adult having a temper tantrum like a two-year-old because she lacks emotional intelligence she lacks so she was not given or didn't accept or didn't seek out as an adult emotionally intelligent tools to cope yeah and I wanted to bring this example up because to me this is retail service mm-hmm. right I know I'm I'm one entity I'm not an entire store but I think the customer service industry is absolutely atrocious mm-hmm. because of our selfishness because of our general lack of ability to connect our our no like zero level for patience and we we bully our sales associates because we're taught that the customer is always right which is dead wrong And we don't look to our sales associates to collaborate with us either. Mm -hmm. We simply look that if you can't meet my need, I'm pissed and I'll bring my my business elsewhere. Well, that goes right from the top down where they they don't have their employees back, where they feel that if anybody complains, 
the manager will show up. So just complain about the employee who's serving you and the manager or the owner will fix it and give you anything you want. So you won't talk bad about them. That yeah. whole fear of the gossip mill. Leaving a bad review on Google. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Going on Facebook and trashing the person. It's like there's so or twittering or, or what do you call it? Tw twittering? Tweeting. Tweeting. So oh, Jesus. So, tweeting something. But the whole thing about what I say negatively about people and bullying them is what gives me power. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was interesting about this, this woman and her children was that they were trying to be able, all the whole group, the whole family, was saying we want emotional intelligence. We want tools. Yes. We want to know how to get through a process. We want to know how to break it down. We want to know how to identify verbal abuse. The children were asking the parents to educate themselves that was the key yep because there was a lack of an education and this was the point that I really wanted to do the show about is the importance of an emotional intelligent um, system or educational system that's lacking mm -hmm. and that it is something that often does not get taught in schools and I and I understand this because I know enough teachers and principals directors education officers ministers of education and so on and so on where the bully seems to always win. So they don't set up a system to teach people how to deal with the bully, how to break it down into co into different contexts of how to ask them different questions, to diffuse them, to recognize the forms of abuse. And so this whole process then becomes something that we have to learn outside of a school system, outside of a university or a college. It's something we have to seek on our own. TV isn't going to give it to us to a great degree or movies because they promote the bully. Quite often, that, that's what we go to see. The bully get revenge. Can think about all kinds of ways the media presents that. But we need what I would call a true education. So that we really do understand it for ourselves and that we really do understand it and are able to give it to our children and all of the people that we interact with benefit from us because we are truly connecting and collaborating with another person mm -hmm. truly listening so it was about how she could even follow through with listening skills and one of the things that came through was to voice record some of their little dinners together as a family or riding in the car together to go to school in the morning and it was for each of them to listen to it afterwards including the kids where the kids could listen to the conversation in the car and catch where they were lying or where they were avoiding telling their parents something about school that day, or where they were um, bullying a brother or sister in the back seat. It, it was just a whole different way that each of them could go back and listen to it, because they were all old enough to at least listen to the voice recording, to, to notice their own behaviors. So if they're having a temper tantrum in the car, and I don't just mean the kids, as adults we do too, mm -hmm. And quite often, many parents are the ones that are the worst ones having temper tantrums. Yep. Um, that they could catch themselves in it so that they could slow down afterwards and recognize their tone of voice, what they were doing in all of those moments to the people around them in that car, and that they could then go out and seek these books, these authors, therapy, whatever it is in all these different ways to create 
a different way to connect. Because after all, why did why do we have children if we're not looking to connect? Why do we say we want to be married or live with a, a roommate or a partner if we truly are not looking for some type of connectivity? I just thought it was it was really cool. Now, the whole thing I want to go back just a little bit to one point I made earlier when I said that when we were talking about the question, what do you need right now? Her, her children's spirits were talking about the fact that they needed to learn how to know how to connect to their own spirit, that they were trying at a young age to stay connected instead of having it break down. Because I need to meet the teacher's needs. I need to meet my parents' needs. I need to just please other people so they're not mad at me. They had to learn and wanted to learn that it's okay that if someone that someone is mad at you, that doesn't have to turn you into a people pleaser. You can still sit back and recognize you've angered somebody. You can still learn to acknowledge it or to ask them questions about it, to let it be their anger, that they don't have to respond to it all of the time, that they could ask questions about it. And that they could sit there and decide, geez, am I responsible? Or is it just that this person is angry and it's their own stuff? So her children were looking for a way to know themselves without losing themselves at such a young age that they would become adults in their 60s or 70s. And for the first time in their life, maybe because they're diagnosed and they're going to die or their partner left them or a child died and they hit a moment in their life where they're asking themselves, what the hell happened to my life? Where did it go? Who am I? I don't even know. They were asking, these two kids were asking their mom to help them stay connected to themselves. Not just all about the connectivity of other people, but the one that mattered the most first, because if you don't have it, you don't truly get to connect to other people. You fake it. I like the pause because I'm hoping people really let that one sink in. Mm -hmm. Because quite often we don't give we don't give our children or our friends or our partners opportunity to to grow themselves because we're too scared that they'll change and we'll lose them. Mm -hmm. So I know that it can trigger a lot of fears and her kids were just sitting back at a young age saying, I don't want to lose you. I do love you. I don't want to lose myself. I want to know what it is to love myself. I want to be okay when people around me are angry with me. I want to be okay when people around me don't like my decisions. I want to be okay with have, letting other people have their own experience of something I'm experiencing with them, but I don't have to become codependent to them. Mm -hmm. I don't have to lose my reality like Patricia and Susan Forward talk about, I don't need to lose my reality in order to mesh into theirs. So I just thought it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. I, I think like I go back to the beginning when you were talking about what do you need to feel loved and safe? And that's that consistency. That's the emotional intelligence of you can experience all the different emotions and all of the different ver the variety of ways that they come up. And you still have a consistency in the way that you behave. You still have a consistency in the way that you ask questions and in the way that you implement your own patience. 
You can use these tools sporadically and they will never foster safety and love. It's the consistency that actually allows someone to sink into a relationship and feel the safety and the love. Well, which is just another way of wording it is that they were asking her for a foundation. Yeah. One of the other things, too, was they were asking her to follow through, which is what you're talking about with consistency, was um, that they asked her to follow through with things, to come back and check in. And that was part of the check-ins, was following through. What, ev- even if sometimes that means that things are now going to change, maybe follow through means that you're asking and everything has changed. And it might be that you have to start it, start all over again. Or you have to deviate off the path. That can be fun. That can be exciting. But for some people, that's a way that they feel like they've lost control. And because they've lost control, it's a failure. I lost control. But that's narcissism. If I lose control, I see it as a failure. But I think, too, this, this comes back to breaking things down into manageable pieces. People think of failure as this grandiose, um, like, rest of your life type of feeling and if you actually take an agenda out and look at a week and think okay I'll check in with my kids on Sundays because Sundays are like the pre-anxiety to Mondays right the back to school the back to work that's generally what's going on or maybe I'll do my check-ins on Friday nights after they've had a full week of school maybe we'll do our check-ins on whatever day works for your schedule then you've got a weekly basis to reset a weekly basis to choose how to do things differently you're not looking at a failure of I failed my child for their whole life when they're six <laughs> years old. Yeah. You're just looking at a week to week basis. I like that. And I think some people check in daily. Might be yeah. dinner time. Your um, dreams first thing in the morning. Yes. Just different ways or different times that work. And sometimes one won't always be the one that you that stays consistent. You might check in in the morning at dreams and then sometimes at supper. Uh, to be able to be flexible. Well, and sometimes the check-ins go quickly because everything's fine and everything's working okay. And sometimes the check-ins are an hour. And it allows for a big ugly cry and a big conversation. And, and that's both are great. Can we also say that sometimes if you're going to do a check-in and all of a sudden the person needs more time than you have to give them, it's okay to say, I don't have time right now, but I care. Yeah. And can we set up another time to come back so I can fully listen and be here for you? These are things that are still part of that emotional intelligence that her children were asking for, where it gives a calm, a calm to the whole relationship because you're not feeling rushed in each of the moments. No, because consistently you're hearing, I am here. Hmm. Even when I'm busy, I am here. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm mad, I am here. Yeah. And that goes back to, and we always talk about underlying belief systems. And if it comes back to feeling love and safe, then hearing that you, that someone is there no matter what, that they're willing to work through and they're building that foundation with you, again, you're contributing to that foundation of loved and safe. Mm -hmm. I think of the shows we did on Sips of Sanity, Kelly, the I understand you, I know you, I feel you, I see you, I hear you. Um, And I think, I can't remember if she was referred to those to those shows as well or that idea of understanding those needs we have as a human being Mm -hmm. if you're looking for those shows uh, they're on the website by sarlo.com and they're under 2016 i think it's november oh good for you holy crap 
Well, those that was an episode or that was a month that really stuck out for me. Mm. That was I think that was one that I was most excited to share with with a lot of people because I know that that's the thing that's creating so much anxiety and so much pain. Yeah. I think too it's one of the reasons why people book appointments with us yeah. is that they want to check in. Well, some people do. Some people make appointments with us because they want to come to check in with their own spirit. And I I I just love that this woman books these appointments and and other people have as well where they want to hear from another person's spirit. They want to hear from their children's or their partners or their parent or a friend, someone's spirit to say, I'm checking in. And they listen. It, it, they truly listen. So if something comes through negatively so in some aspects saying, well, you're not listening to me, the person sits there and says, then how can I? Instead of, I don't like this session, I'm not paying you. Or, this isn't what I came here for, Mm -hmm. where they get in a flap as soon as they're not hearing that it isn't, that the relationship isn't the perfect thing they think it can be Mm -hmm. or is, but where they truly make that appointment to hear it because they want to work at something. I'm here, give me something to work on versus the people that come in and say, I don't want to work on anything. I came here to feel bolstered up by all of this. And if you are not going to give it to me, I'm going to shed all over you but a true intention, Mm -hmm. a true kindness to hearing that person's spirit and a true desire to get to some work. And I think this is one of the keys about this person that I enjoyed the most is that there isn't any fear of work. There's a true desire to work on relationships. There's a true desire to change, to see what change could give to the relationship, to the other person, her child, but also to herself. That's one of the key things that I got from that. Mm-hmm. About life. Yes. And and like the two different types of people, the ones that want to work at change and growth and the ones that clearly do not, but but fake it. They might They might just talk the talk and some of them won't even do that actually, but some just talk the talk. And what a difference it is in the actual life. And everybody sees that around them because everybody else knows which person they are. They might think they're getting away with it if they're the ones that are just talking the talk, but everybody else knows they're not. Anyway, that that's that that was her session, and I I, I do want to say a thank you to her if she's listening today, because I also love the fact that she got so many tools out of her session, and she was so willing to share it, so that she could know that other parents we could use something in that to help another family. So her desire was if another family is happier, I'm so happy for them. Mm-hmm. And if they're happier and their kids are playing with my kids or their kids are in my kid's school or on my kid's team. Yeah. It's infectious. Yeah. Like what you I, said about your friend. Yep. And I'm, here's my, my Gray's reference for the day is, um, Debbie Allen's character when April and her son are having um, their baby and she just says this is what the world needs it's good people raising good people love it it's inspiring well and hopefully today's show will inspire somebody in some aspect of all those emotionally intelligent tools um, in their own life so we'll say thank you yeah thank you for sharing you're welcome If you have questions or comments about today's show, 
You can email us at info at Otherwise, have a wonderful Saturday and we will talk to you next week.